Hey everyone, it's Mac, and welcome back to Master of a Few, the podcast where the curious mind meets too much time. How are we all doing today? Good? Great? Brilliant. It's Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody. Um, I know that in the past I have always said that these would be happening on Fridays, but guess what? A social life happened, and so um, as a result, can't can't always make this on Fridays, but it will happen sometime over the weekend. So as of, hello, it's now, Sunday. Um, I hope everyone is doing well. Hope you had a great long weekend last weekend. I did. I had a great time. Um, watched the sunrise. Chilled. Didn't do enough homework. It was great. Um, so, life update things for the good of the order. Um, I'm waiting for final approvals before I can schedule my top surgery, so that's coming up really soon, which is fantastic. I'm super excited about that. So yes, super pumped about that coming up. Um, aiming for some time in the early spring, so that's going to be phenomenal. Um, what else? I've started my second semester of Divinity School, having a blast. Love some of my classes, hate some of my classes, but I'm going to learn something from all of them, and if nothing else, then I will learn what kind of classes I don't want to take next time. That's how I'm, that's how I'm framing it. Um, I have amazing friends. I have amazing chosen family. I am dating someone and it's incredible. And essentially just things are going really well. They have their ups and downs, of course. Um, there are some complicated things in my life as always, but you know, we are we are doing well and I am a very, very, very happy camper. Um, so that that's your bit of a life update deal. Um, anything else that I need to... Oh, uh, five months on tea is happening not today, not Monday, but Tuesday will be five months on testosterone, which is crazy. Can you believe it's already been five months? I can't. And I say this every month, but here we are. I'm still, still shocked every time. Um, so coming up on five months on testosterone, which is incredible. And my voice dropped again. Um, so next week I will do a voice comparison um, of all five voice clips, probably. Or I guess I could wait till six months. I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling next week, and we'll make a decision then. Um, but at six months, you can look forward to a video on YouTube with my one month, three months, and uh, six months, and pre-T. You can look forward to seeing all of those comparisons and whatnot on next um, next month. So, all of the transition stuff documented talked about my life. Okay, cool. So what I wanted to talk about today is something that I just um, had a conversation with a friend of mine about, to be honest. Um, the concept of the fact that I am still an evangelical um, into my second semester of divinity school, and here we are, still an evangelical, still fairly doctrinally conservative, still okay with that. Um, and I've talked about this a few times, the fact that people have expected my, in some people, some people's phrasing, have expected my uh, um, beliefs to evolve. Um, some people have just expected them to change. Some people have expected me to become less conservative on some things. And to be honest, that hasn't happened. And so today what I want to talk about is based on a conversation I just had with a friend of mine about one of the classes I'm currently in, um, to talk about what I still believe and and how that how that works so 
for reference, for reference, I am um, an evangelical Baptist, and I'm currently in a class called Evangelicalism, Pentecostalism, and Global Christianity. It's a history course about like the history of evangelicalism and, and Pentecostalism in both the UA United States and the world. Um, and I'm taking the classes. I was taking the classes background for my my thesis and my dissertation ideas and whatnot, but I didn't expect it to become my second favorite class. But let me tell you a little bit about this. So, um, it's taught by one of the more doctrinally conservative professors at the seminary, um, and it's supposed to be like a historical overview of evangelicalism and Pentecostalism, and talking about like how those movements have grown, their origins, where they're at now, things like that. Um, and so I was really interested because the fundamentalist Baptists don't really look at the history of the larger evangelical movement because, as independents, they don't think it qualifies about them. They don't think it's about them. So because of that, I don't know a lot of the history other than what I have studied on my own about like Puritanism and whatnot. So that has been um, different hearing the history and like all of these different things that come together and how all of the little branches of evangelicalism have split off into many denominations and things like that. That's been fascinating. But as a result, um, I'm making connections to my own upbringing and my own experience with evangelicalism. So the professor will say half a verse and I will would automatically I automatically finished it because I have those verses memorized. And as he's going, this keeps happening and finally he goes, Okay, wait, how do you know all of these verses? And I explained, I was like, well, this is what you do. You memorize the scripture and you're able to quote it either for like a wanna or Bible B or just because like it's important. He's like, well, why? And without a second thought, I said, well, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You have to, because if you don't memorize the verses, then how is the Holy Spirit going to bring them to mind to guide you? Um, and so the fact that one, I know that most of my friends don't have all the significant portions of their Bible memorized, but I don't know, I guess I just expected that that would be a thing in an evangelicalism class. But also the fact that um, this is the first time in the class where like, I feel like I can bring my whole doctrinal, doctrinally conservative self and have that be okay. Um, and let me explain. So. Everyone at VDS, I would not say that everyone at VDS is extremely progressive or is extremely liberal. I would not say that. But I would say that there is a very, very small number of conservatives on campus. And I don't mean political conservatives. I'm not talking politics. So when I say liberal and I say conservative, I am not talking politics. I am talking religious standpoints. Um, think progressives and whatnot. Um, like fundamentalist, fundamentalists on one side, and I don't know what the most liberal denomination is, but put that on the other side, and there you go. Um, I'm talking like along that spectrum of deals. So I fall pretty far over on the conservative side of things. I'm not a fundamentalist anymore, I don't think, though, to be honest. I'm not entirely sure what that means currently, and so, I don't know, maybe if I were to actually parse it out, I would be a fundamentalist, but in my head there's too much negative connotation and baggage with that right now, so I can't claim it. But I am still an evangelical. I'm not a pluralist. 
um, which for those of you who don't know means that I do believe that Jesus is the way of salvation. I do believe that. I believe in the authority of the word of God. Um, not necessarily in its like physical written text because it's a translation of 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 a written version of an oral tradition. Like there's there's just so so much. But I do absolutely believe that Lord that God preserves God's word and God's word will not return void and it will set out what and it will accomplish what it was set out to do and whatnot. And so I take a high view of scripture. I think scripture is authoritative. I think that Jesus is the way of salvation. I absolutely believe that. Um, and so like in those ways, I'm doctrinally conservative, but in other ways, I'm progressive. Like I am queer affirming, completely queer affirming. Um, I think that legalism is, is bad. <laughs> um, and I don't, I'm not KJV only, and I'm not, and those type of things. So doctrinally, I fall conservative in most cases, and as a general rule, like, I'm, that's where I fall there. I'm, I'm doctrinally conservative, but, and here's, here's the thing, is I am not exclusionary because of that. And I think that's the difference, is I would call, I know why a lot of people leave the evangelicalism, and I know why people usually leave the evangelical movement and feel the need to join more mainline denominations and uh, more progressive denominations, and it's because there is now a stigma attached with being an evangelical. And I understand it, because evangelicals have not done themselves any favors in how they've treated people. Um, for a group that is very much committed to telling the good news, the advertising sucks. <laughs> like, the Jesus of conservative evangelicalism is not a Jesus anybody wants to follow. And I'm not talking about making Jesus trendy or making Jesus cool or making Jesus, um, watering down Jesus to be palatable to, to people. I don't think that that's necessary because I think that if we really took a true look at Jesus, we would find a Jesus who was snarky and sassy and didn't put up with things and uh, was honest and cared about the poor and the needy and also the rich, but not their riches. And I think that that is such an important view of Jesus. And I think that evangelicals, conservative evangelicals, have gotten stuck on the Jesus running people out of the temple of the synagogue and left out the part where Jesus sits down and has dinner with the tax collector, um, or sits down with the Pharisees and has a meal. And I think that we're so committed to this one idea of Jesus that we forget that God is not a respecter of persons. And so I was talking to my friend today and she was telling me about how she had this conversation with a family member and they asked her uh, what is your religious hill to die on what is the thing what is your hill to die on and thinking about that I remember growing up like people would always say like well if someone were to hold a gun to your head tomorrow and say do you believe in Jesus what would you do and like that was always a really big thing and people would like to ask that question um, but phrasing it as what is your hill to die on 
And I think I did a segment at some point called Hills to Die On. I don't remember what that one's about, but... Um, I came up with this on the fly, and I, I really like it. I'm going to use it again as, I would die for my faith, but I won't kill for it. And I think that that is a big, a really good explanation of how I am still an evangelical. I will die for my faith, but I will not kill for it. Um, and I would even broaden that to, I will not harm others for my faith. I won't do it in any way. Um, and I think that is a point at which a lot of people who hold strongly to their beliefs, particularly within hyper-conservative Christianity, that's where they that's where they lose it. This idea of a hill to die on is obviously calling back to a battle of like, what hill are you going to fight the battle on and maybe die on? But that puts us on the offensive. And I don't believe that I'm supposed to be on the offensive. Now, I don't necessarily think that I'm on the defense either. I am walking with my Savior. And if somebody wants me to sit down and explain to them my what I believe is the good news and what I believe is the way to heaven, then I am more than happy to do that. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go walk up to somebody who's grieving a loss or who could be grieving loss, I don't even know, and say, hey, if you don't believe in Jesus the way I think that you need to believe in Jesus based on my reading of scripture and my beliefs, then you and your loved ones are going to hell. That's not my job. Jesus never told his disciples to go and tell people they're going to hell. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, go and make disciples. But you know what disciples have to do? They have to be willing to follow. They have to want that. And that's something that I feel like soul winning misses, is the concept of like, they have to have made a decision that that's what they want. They have to be seeking and looking for that. And you don't win people. People are not a prize. They're not a prize to you and I, and they're not a prize to God. God doesn't look at people that way. And so, yes, do I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Yes, I do. Is Jesus my savior? Yes, he is. I've been saved for 14 years. I'm incredibly happy about it. I have so much peace in my heart. I know I know how the story ends for me. I have absolute peace in that. And it is incredible. And I want everybody to have this type of peace. At the same time, my job is to go and make disciples. But disciples have already chosen to follow God have already chosen the way. That's 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 how that works. Other than that, my job is to love God and love others the same way that Jesus told the early church to, which is to feed the poor and the hungry, to preach freedom to the captives, bind up the brokenhearted, take care of the ones who society leaves behind. That is the church's job. That's my job. So, I'll wrap this up. So yes, I am still an evangelical. I proudly take a high view of scripture. I proudly take a really high Christology. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. I'm saved. And I absolutely believe all of that. But at the same time, if we're talking hills to die on, 
If somebody holds a gun to my head and says, Are you a follower of Jesus? I'll say yes. But I will never be the one holding the gun. I would die for my faith, but I won't harm for it. I won't tell someone, Hey, you're going to hell unless you believe the exact way I do. Because I wasn't called to do that. That's not my job. The Holy Spirit convicts, and if the Holy Spirit needs to convict of sin, the Holy Spirit will convict of sin. I believe in that. And so, if I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit is capable, then I also have to believe that it's not my job to do to do the Holy Spirit's job. And who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll get to the end of the line and none of what I believe is true. But you know what? I did my best. I loved God and I loved others with all of my heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And not perfectly, but I did my best and asked forgiveness when I messed up. And... At the end of the day, that made me a better person in general. So, I'm good. So I hope this has made you, I don't know, if you're an evangelical or a conservative Christian, then I hope this at least gave you a new way, a new way of thinking about um, being a conservative evangelical and what that looks like in a world where evangelical is synonymous with hate, is synonymous with division, is synonymous with a whole host of political views, and it doesn't have to be. Um, if you're not an evangelical, then I hope that this uh, gave you a little bit of hope as well, that not all evangelicals are scary and mean and want to condemn everybody. It's not it's not my goal, at least. And yes, I am only one, and I cannot speak for the whole host of evangelicals in the world, or conservative Christians in the world, but at least I can tell you there's at least one. Um, and so I don't know where you're coming from listening to this. I don't know if, why you clicked and decided to listen, but for whatever reason, I hope that this was helpful. I hope that, um, if you are a conservative Christian, then it tells you, like, it's okay <laughs> to believe what you believe. It's okay. Um, and if you're not a conservative Christian, maybe this, you can take a breath knowing that, like, evangelicalism just is not synonymous with hatred, is not synonymous with um, bigotry or any of that. It's not. Also, this was just cathartic for me. So, we all win. Woo. Alright, so with that, I will be done. Um, thank you all for listening very much. Um, as always, check out my book on Amazon.com, Confessions of the Careful Poet. Um, check out my YouTube channel, get caught up on my videos, because next month there will be my Six Months on Tea video. Um, and then tune in next week to have a voice comparison um, and a topic yet to be determined. It'll be great. Okay, I think that's everything. Yeah, that's everything. All right, thank you very much for listening. Um, my name is Mac, and this has been Master of a Few. Have a brilliant day. Bye. <laughs>